Money FM 89.3, best of the evening runway. Why it matters. Money FM 89.3, it is now time for Why It Matters. Ellie Danker, Timothy, go with you. Now, most governing bodies worldwide have woken up to the data privacy concerns that arise from modern connected software. In fact, there's a growing number of geographically oriented compliance standards they issue in response, which are complex and ever-changing, and it creates unique challenges for business leaders to manage. Now, in 2023 alone, mobile cybersecurity came under close scrutiny across the region, but particularly here in Singapore. And it comes as no surprise. I mean, we saw local news spotted with various cases of mobile scams spreading through things like QR codes, phishing messages, malicious malware. Well, this year, 2024, regulators are going to take a more active role in uh, the mobile security landscape. Uh, There's a lot to share. In fact, a shared responsibility framework by the Monetary Authority of Singapore and the Infocom Media Development Authority holds banks, fintechs, telcos, all to a higher standard to prevent mobile fraud. Same thing in Hong Kong. The Hong Kong Monetary Authority also adopting a stronger stance against scams by mandating that banks implement several new measures. We're going to find out more about this and how critical geo compliance for app makers who are looking to comply with the rules and regulations. Where do they stand and what do they need to do? On the line with us is Jan Seismans, who is mobile app security evangelist at AppDome. Good afternoon. How are you? Very good, Elliot. Uh, wonderful. Thank you for uh, inviting me again. Yes. Um, I love coming to your show. So. <laughs> <laughs> Always nice speaking with you, sir. Okay, let's uh, start off with, uh, I mean, I, I threw out a lot of, you know, what what countries in the region are trying to do to protect against scams in that introduction. But let's talk about the mobile application environment in Singapore. There a reason why we're seeing this increase in cyber attacks through the apps? Yes, absolutely. And the reason is because we all are using mobile apps. If you look at mobile app usage here in Singapore and across the region, it is going up year after year after year. We, consumers in general, we are engaging with brands via mobile. And because we are engaging with brands via mobile, the bad guys want to attack us Mm -hmm. where we are engaging with the brands, which is in mobile. So the attack vectors have changed dramatically. The attack surface has changed dramatically, and it's really focused on mobile these days. And it's getting more and more and more complex. And the the bad guys are using more and more advanced tools to to get to that. So it's up to app makers to protect their apps and protect their consumers. And that job is getting more and more difficult, which is also reflected in the regulatory frameworks that are now changing as well. Okay, so what it is, though, about human behavior that makes us vulnerable while we're on our mobile phones? What kind of things are we doing or not doing enough here in the Asia-Pacific region? I don't think it's up to consumers anymore to protect themselves. I think that is one of the the critical things. Last time when I was on your show, we talked about the the survey that Abdom does on an annual basis. So far, um, over the life of the survey, we have surveyed over 75,000 consumers, mobile consumers around the world. And the trends we see are very, very clear. People are engaging with their mobile devices all the time. And the other trend we saw is that consumers expect brands to take care of them and expect brands to protect them. But if I look more at human behavior, 
I know for myself, I have a very short attention span. Mm-hmm. Okay? So um, if I would be a kid these days, people would say, Jan, you have ADHD. Well, when I grew <laughs> up, I didn't exist, though. No. <laughs> I'm, <part of, laughs> I'm part of that generation that uh, just dealt with it. And, um, and so, but yeah, I, I, I have a short attention span. I have ADHD. So in, in mobile, everything is it's, it's so quick and it's so instant. So the dangerous part is when you get the text message, the social mm-hmm. engineering, you get a text message and it looks like it comes from a reputable sender. All you see is a link, and if that link looks like it's reputable, it's mm-hmm. not a bunch of, um, it, it's like a normal URL, it's not some weird numbers or, or, or letters in there, people click on that because yeah. they assume that it's going to be fine. And so that is where it all starts. It is the bad guys have gotten so much better um, taking advantage of so far trust in the brands that we work with. And so when they send something, when I, I get a message from my bank, I have to really double check. Is this indeed a valid message? And half the time, it's not. You know, yeah, we've, we've talked about this quite a number of times. And, and I don't mean to sound impatient, but the, the surveys and all the facts that you bring out there, any business would have access to. So why aren't business building their business and ecosystem with the mobile app in mind first? Why are they or why are they not? <laughs> why, why aren't they doing that? Oh, why aren't they doing it? No, I think most companies <laughs> are starting to build with mobile first. Okay. But I okay. think the point you make there is an extremely valid point. If I'm an app maker, I have, on average, when we see with, 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 uh, with brands around the world, about 100 developers for every one or two security people. So the, the app development has been automated and it goes so quickly and the desire, the need to be able to release quickly new features, new functionality, new capabilities out yeah. to market yeah. outpaces yeah. the ability for the security people <sighs> to mm-hmm. make sure that everything is secure. So what we tell brands is the only way that you can stay ahead of the bad guys is to use automation and make sure that okay. you will, in order to be a continuous compliance, continuous protection, mm. you need to be able to continuously deploy your security uh, requirements, your security uh, profiles, or, or, or your, your security model, that's the word I was looking for. Mm. You have to be able to continuously deploy your security model to every release that is going on. And, 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 and brands are releasing apps very, very quickly. It's, it's weeks, it's, it's, it's no longer once a quarter, it's once every two weeks, once every three weeks. And so that's what brands have to do. They have to start using automation to ensure that they can continuously deploy the right security model that gives them then continuous protection for their consumers. And I was talking about compliance. It gives them continuous compliance with all these changing regulations. So if you can automate the security software and security protection for any kind of apps, can't the bad guys do the same thing and automate their attacks as well? They are already, and that is a scary part. If you look at attack patterns, everything is already automated. And so one of the things that, that at Abdon we have is we have, we, we collect threat intelligence data across all of our, all of our uh, install base, not our install base, but 
consumers have who are using abdominal protective apps around the world. Okay. And one of the things we've seen, and I think that's one of the most interesting things we've noticed when we started collecting this threat intelligence data, is that once an attack is launched against an app, that attack doesn't go away. Even though the protections are in place, the attack doesn't go away. And the reason for that is that the, the attackers are using automation to launch attacks, and then from there, the automation just keeps on working that way. And, and so there is no manual, there's no manual malicious activity. Mm. It wouldn't be profitable, wouldn't make sense. Mm. And so in order to stay ahead of the bad guys, you need to use automation to build the protections in your app so that you can have continuous protection uh, in, in, uh, in continuous deployment of your protections in production uh, without any delays and without any, with, with, that, that is the biggest problem, no? It's like mm-hmm. if you have, if one of your security engineers is sick or, uh, or gets pulled into a different project or, well, I, God forbid, re- resigns and goes somewhere else, yeah. suddenly if you own an automation in place, you don't know how to build the protections anymore. And mm-hmm. so that is what the bad guys are actually looking for. Right. Because they've automated right. their attacks, if at one point, like it, it, it's like you're on Starship, no? Starship yeah. Enterprise. Shields up, Scotty. <laughs> and the Klingons are attacking. The Klingons are attacking. They keep on attacking all the time. And at some point, you let the shields down. The next attack, the Enterprise gets hit. You got and my attention the there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the same thing in, in mobile apps. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you lower your security posture, the automated attacks that are happening against your app suddenly have effect. And that's why when the, the the bad guys can make money. Yeah. Yeah, and if you don't mind, just a, a final question, and I think it's quite an interesting piece here. You, you guys at AppDome have this geo-compliance feature set. Could you tell us yeah. a little bit about it? Yeah. So geo-compliance really ensures that people are in the places that they claim to be. Okay? Ah. So it ensures that the person can only use or access the services allowed in that country or that region. Hmm. But what it also does, it also prevents people from creating fake accounts based on a spoofed or a fake or false location. So geocompliance does not only help on what you were talking earlier about all of the regulations that are put in place. Geocompliance hmm. is also very important for, for example, dating apps. Hmm. There are no regulations around dating apps, but if you look at love scams, Mm. Here in Singapore, we get told on a very regular basis, be careful of who you connect with in online because you may be connecting to somebody else. And there's a, a use case that I read the other day where uh, there was a uh, Singaporean who was engaging with what they thought was a very good-looking person, turned out to be a scammer in Nigeria. <laughs> well, but that is the, the use case that we see all the time. And that is, so I, we, we have all these, Dating apps, they come to Abdom yeah. and they say, here's our problem. Yeah. We have fake accounts. These fake accounts um, are communicating with the legitimate users of our app. They are creating a negative user experience. And as a result, engagement in our app goes down. And as a result, our revenues that we derive when we try to sell extra services go down. You need to help us. Yeah, and going back to what you were talking about, uh, geo-limiting or geo-compliance feature, it does become a challenge, though, for people who are traveling a lot. Correct. It could become a problem for people who are traveling a lot. But then there are other things that a brand can put in place. Okay, 
So geocompliance is meant to ensure that you are where you say you are. Now, if I'm traveling and um, I'm, I'm using my banking app, um, and that is a use case that the, the developers have to think about, how can they ensure that somebody is indeed uh, the right person when they authenticate themselves to the app so that they can keep on using the app? But, but where geocompliance comes into place, it's, and, and, and the biggest use case is against these people who are spoofing their, um, their location to create a lot of accounts, to create false accounts. And, and there are cases where, when we're traveling, we cannot use certain services. And right. the, clear, the clearest example of that, for example, would be streaming services. Okay? So I'm, I'm a big fan of football, and if I wanted to watch my European football here in Singapore, what do I do? I open my VPN client, mm-hmm. and I say, well, hey, I'm in Belgium, and I want to watch the Belgian national team play or, or whatever. Or I, I, go to, I open to my U, a UK location, and I want to see the game that Man City is playing because I love Kevin De Bruyne. And, and that's how I, in a sense, I cheat the streaming service because I am bypassing their licensing limitations or requirements. Okay. So that is where geolocation and geocompliance also comes into place is how do you ensure that the people that are using your service are indeed in the location where they can consume the service. And so as you go in and you, you start putting more restrictions in place, it is now up to the brand to correctly communicate with the consumer that, hey, you are in a location where you cannot use our services. And we understand that it's a frustration, but for these and these reasons, we, we are not, not allowing that. Or maybe what you do, maybe, is it gives an opportunity to the brand to sell a premium service. Okay, so I know that, for example, I also, I, I came from the U.S., you know, so if I wanted to watch the NFL, I can subscribe to a premium NFL product that allows me to watch NFL games overseas. Wherever you are, okay. Wherever I am. So... Now, the NFL has reacted to that, but if I use a spoofed location or I use a VPN or anything else to try to bypass all of that and log on locally in, in San Francisco and then watch the, the 49ers play football, I am deriving the, the NFL from that additional revenue. Okay. And so by, by putting in these geocompliance protections, the NFL could identify, say, hey, I'm... We notice that you are traveling overseas. We can give you a one-month subscription to our premium service that will allow you to watch the, the, the San Francisco 49ers in the location where you currently are. And so what it, it, it's not about blocking the user um, and being mean about it. No, it's about presenting mm-hmm. consumers with options to allow them certain things while you are complying with the licensing limitations that you may have around, in this case, um, streaming uh, football uh, services. All right. I've been speaking with Jan Seismans, who is Mobile App Security Evangelist of Aptone. Thank you so much for your time today. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.